Are rhinos just buff unicorns? Why can't I be there and be square? All of these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Life! Hello and welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal tale and come to a conclusion at the end of the show as to whether or not it truly is paranormal. My name is Roy Powers, and across from me sits the one and only Kit Greer Mulvena, a man who needs no introduction. So I might have to actually cut that bit from the start where I did introduce him, because as I said, needs no introduction. Well, I wouldn't go that far because the numbers tell so, all Roy sorry. and no, 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 uh, sorry. I don't have enough Instagram <laughs> followers and uh, it's a bit galling and jarring and offending that sure. Rory has more than me. So I'm going to I'm gonna need the introduction button if you wouldn't mind putting the Instagram handle in at the end. But again, we don't really need to but, talk about it because you're a man who, as I said, cool, collected, needs no introduction. Right. So yeah, on today's episode... Just, uh, that would be... What? <laughs> sorry, just quickly. Uh, that would be fine. If I had more Instagram followers than you, uh, but yeah. I don't, so I'm gonna need okay. the introduction, man. Like, let people know why they should be following you can't me. Ha- dude. You can't have this both ways. You can't be the man who needs no introduction, and then also- I didn't ask for no introduction. <laughs> I need the introduction. <laughs> I'm borderline begging you to give me a fucking second to plug the gram. I've been in front of these people for five years. And I don't know who I am. I'm gonna. I'm joking aside. I wish I really didn't care about this, but I think I am uh, 90 followers away from uh, 10K on Instagram. Ooh. And I don't really, I, look, I know I shouldn't care about that, but 10K is the point where your follower count stops being a number and goes to just the little K, yes, like 10.K. I love this. I love this. So guys, I'm about 8,400 <laughs> followers short of the same sure. mark. Um, so let's just do me first because well, I got a lot of catching up to do. do whoever and then, whoever you know, search first. If you got time. I'm sure there's 90 bozos out there who would take the time to do I'll it. Get my, I'll get my f***ing balls out. I'll get my f***ing balls out if you follow me on it. I'll do an Instagram live where I eat a bee if you follow. I'll do anything. I'll eat glass for, 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 the, ten, for the K. For, to, see the, to see the K on my profile. <laughs> so we're just begging. <laughs> Why would anyone want to see me eat glass? Welcome to the show. If you have listened before, then you will you understand what this is about. And if you haven't, hopefully that quick rambling of two maniacs explained the premise pretty decently. But on the show, what we do is we pick a new paranormal tale, whether it is one that we've come across, whether it's submitted from our audience, or whether or not it's something that we've experienced ourselves. And we investigate it to find out whether it's truly paranormal. And that's what we're going to do today. Just a reminder before we start, you can get this episode ad-free on Patreon.com, where we've added a ton of new tiers and amazing rewards, including a new weekly show called The After Party, new merchandise, and more. So check it out. Today's case begins in Gurdon, Arkansas, around 75 miles north of Little Rock. And about 50 miles south of Big Rock. We don't have an exact date for this story, But that doesn't detract from its legitimacy, I assure you. It happened (laughs) recently-ish. Well, we got a... Let's call it... Like 1945 or last week. Post-1960, to be safe. (laughs) How about that? Is that Rory Parr's seal of f***ing recency? 1960? (laughs) We're crystal clear about the setting, though. We're on the railway. 
What railway? The railway, brother. The great railways of the 1960s. <laughs> so it is definitely 1960. I can't be any more specific about the date. Jimi Hendrix is on stage at Woodstock right as we speak. Our protagonist, John, was working as a conductor on a train running through Arkansas. It was late at night and dark as hell on the narrow track snaking through the dense forest. The only source of light was the train's white headlamps illuminating the track below. As was protocol, he got up and walked the length of the train to the very back to make his checks. Everything seemed in order until he reached the back platform near the rear carriage. It was typical to take a look out of the train's rear door. There were usually no other trains in sight, especially not that late at night. But a strange glow caught John's eye. A ball of light seemed to be hovering on the platform, coming up at the approaching station. It looked almost like a lantern. It was too far away to see if anyone was holding it. But as the train rushed on, it didn't seem to be getting further away. It was moving. And what's more, it was following the train. Interesting, a lantern on wheels. A heat ran through John as his stomach flipped over. He thought it was some kind of weird reflection when he first laid eyes on it. But this thing could fly! It seemed almost sentient! Interesting. A lantern on wheels, but yet without wheels. Never said wheels. I don't know why you're so insistent I on the wheels don't part. Only it's on the train track, is the thing. John wondered what the hell it could be and how long it would keep chasing them. At that moment, it took a sudden turn and darted away across the neighboring field. It lit up the landscape as it accelerated along the ground. John watched as it flew past the cemetery. Its warm glow cast long shadows over the gravestones until suddenly it disappeared and the landscape was swallowed by darkness again. Wow. That was pretty uh, interesting, lucky timing that he happened to be looking right at that very moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's why you do checks on a train. <laughs> You're like, all right, enough coals in the oven. Uh, all the passengers sure. are safe. I think it's called an oven, yes. Oh, there's a f***ing banshee riding a <laughs> ghost bike down the tracks. Good to know. Sure, to that's know. when you fire up the radio. Guys, we got an 11C yeah. on the old railway. It's kind of um, it's kind of scary for something like that to happen to you on a train because trains are one of the only mode of transports where it's like, oh my God, we're being chased. What should we do? Can't do much. Go a little Make faster. Make a cup of tea. I don't know. <laughs> Slow down, speed up. That's your options, buddy. Oh, and if you speed up too much, you'll fall off the track. Uh, yeah, your options are highly limited. Yeah, it's like maybe maybe we could lose him at this this next junction. Let's cut left in uh, 45 minutes and see if we can swerve him. <laughs> also, I don't know how sentient this banshee is, but... I never said... I shouldn't have said banshee. This borderline Irish woman <laughs> screaming into the night. Uh, if you're chasing a train... It's not like chasing a car. That train's going to hit the end of the road eventually if you just keep following. Good point, yeah. You can just kind of trail alongside and it's going to have to stop eventually. You're basically in a prison on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Snapping back to reality, John walked back through the long carriages to the driver's seat, sitting down in utter confusion. He took a deep breath and tried to process what he'd just seen. But as long as he lived, he never managed to do so. The mystery remains unsolved to this day, but John isn't the only person to witness this phenomenon. This mysterious glowing sphere has become known as the Gurdon Lights. 
Ooh. So, really sold us down the river with the old banshee word, the B word, bud. Yeah, shouldn't have done. That was just a throwaway phrase. This is a mysterious light that appears in one specific location on these tracks, almost like a bizarre floating lantern. But as we heard from this description, it's got speed. It's got speed and it's got agility and I think it can fly. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if we have had such a thing in recent memory on this paranormal life. Yeah. But this is uh, almost, I would say, a subcategory of paranormal being or a ghost or entity, right? These kind of strange lights. I think that's what makes it weirdly even scarier. You know, if you were out in the woods and you saw Bigfoot, you're like, great. I'm about to get my dick hole smashed in. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this guy's gonna f*** me up. If you uh, saw Mothman, uh, I, for- I think he appears to foretell misfortune, right? So you're like, oh shit, the forest is probably gonna burn down. If it's an alien craft that's descending, you're like, shit. I'm gonna get my dick hole probed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a light? A mysterious light? Am I dead, sir? Is this the entrance to heaven? Totally. And you know? it's, it's also frustrating because imagine trying to go back to the real world and tell someone about this. No one's going to care. Yeah. At least uh, Sasquatch, at least you can join a kind of weird AA group of like Sasquatch Survivors Anonymous in the Pacific Northwest and all share your stories of seeing uh, the beast. But what are you going to do now? This is such an indescript, vague paranormal sighting. It really doesn't live anywhere. There's no organization of light seers. That you can find solace in. Be like, oh, you saw the light too? You know? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the light? Of course, of course. Ever since my first day at church, I really saw the... No, no, no. I... No, I'm, it's not a metaphor. I I'm not talking the about the light, light too. Of the- <laughs> Gary, we all know you're blind. Go home. <laughs> I, I saw a literal floating jack-o'-lantern. Not just the light of the Lord. It's, it's, a, it's a really hard one. It's not, it's not that sexy. If you were telling someone about it, you'd be like, I saw a light. And they're like, yeah, but whatever. It's like, it was flying pretty fast along the tracks. It's like, right, we don't really care. It had a gun. The light had a gun. And he, and he shot at me. Okay? You have to, you'd have to sex it up a little bit. Yeah, just to, just get, to people's get people's attention. You think you're getting invited to the uh, big UFO conferences across America if you just saw a light? You might want to revise that story, bud, and add in a little banshee. <laughs> Like I did to get people on board (laughs) this story. This light, the Gurdon light, can be orange, white, or have a blue hue. It tends to move along the railway line or through the trees that surround it. Descriptions do vary, though. Earlier I mentioned there were a lot of witnesses, right? Maybe I didn't. I don't remember. Did I mention there were a lot of witnesses? I don't think so. How about nine million? I think it was million? a single old... What? How about nine million? It was a single million? old man. No, nine million old men have witnessed the Gurdon lights. They have even featured on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. So I just have to clarify that nine million? Well, the episode of Unsolved Mysteries was watched by an audience of nine million. You so have to know that. Nine million people witnessed. Disingenuous <laughs> presentation of this case. There's a great note here uh, in the script from our researcher, Amy, that says, in brackets, if Kit asks at any point if the Gurdon lights actually feature in the episode, deflect him! <laughs> And that's it. <laughs> so what the f*** is the episode about? It is about the Gurdon lights, but if they ever actually, did they show 
in the lights? Were they were the lights seen in the episode? So possibly. You've been deflected. We can't talk about it now. I feel like I'm being gaslit here. So just to be clear, the garden lights have only been seen by that one guy. Absolutely not, my friend. What we're gonna discover today is that <laughs> millions of no, people have they seen haven't. the lights. They haven't though. They haven't because you just explained Okay. One of the earliest sightings is one of the most memorable. As a train approached town, an elderly conductor named John stepped onto the back of the caboose and was startled by what he saw. Don't laugh at the word caboose. It's not funny, it's a train term. They say that uh, John went out on the back platform to investigate and uh, the light was real far off and kind of faint, but it seemed to be traveling the same speed they were. And then all of a sudden it just shot up and he's just like paralyzed and just hanging on to the grab iron and, and just transfixed, staring right into the light. According to John, the light followed the train for more than a mile. Finally, it veered off in the direction of the cemetery. Ever since, looking for the Gurdon light has become something of a local pastime. If you go down there uh, with some regularity, uh, you're definitely going to see it after a while. You may go a few days, you know, where you get frustrated and you don't see it. But uh, with a little time and a little concentration, you most definitely will see the light. He's never seen it. There's no way he's ever seen it. <laughs> I think you'll find that all of the residents who have wanted to see it have seen it with a little concentration and enough time. Have we ever had a paranormal case like this where it's like... It's not like, hey, some people have seen it on a dark and stormy night. This is a case where the residents are saying, oh, you'll see it. Oh, you will see it if you go for long enough and squint hard enough and sure, have a couple bud lights before you head down there. Yeah, you'll see the beast. Uh, great point. Normally, the paranormal is elusive, subtle, works in mysterious ways, only shows itself to the chosen few who go out of their way to find it. Uh, this is just... This is like going to see the new James Bond movie at the cinema. <laughs> it, it's there. It's there. You just, <laughs> yeah. you just got to pay the price of admission, go down to the old graveyard, uh, get some popcorn, and sit back and relax, bud. Which hopefully is an indication of why I wanted to cover this story. Because even though, sure, on paper, it's not the most interesting spectacle to investigate, a mysterious ball of light, hopefully the evidence that we have today is enough for us to really consider... Is this real? Is this paranormal? And I'm just going to put it out there early in the episode and say... Double no. <laughs> <laughs> what? You can't do that to me. <laughs> I just get up and walk out. <laughs> Come back. If it is indeed this easy to spot, if anyone who mm -hmm. wants to go see it can, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of physical evidence, a lot of photos, uh, videos sure, from sure. multiple eras, because I heard those recordings. That's a recent recording, that television show. Yeah, and like, as I said, if that many people have seen it, if anyone can see it, you Like, that guy owns a smartphone, a smartphone right? smartphone or at it's least a digital camera. Probably on TikTok by or now. Something. Bear in mind, though, light, it's hard to really, like... Let's not get too excited because light, what even is light? It's hard to photograph. It's kind of, it's actually the principle of how cameras <laughs> so, work is by capturing light. So yeah, this would be almost easier to see. Spiritual light though? Spiritual light from like a ghost or a specter is like. I thought you I said it know. wasn't spiritual. You specifically oh, yeah, said no. it wasn't the light of the Lord, but actually a 
fucking banshee. Don't keep saying banshee okay. because I shouldn't have said it. It's obviously not a banshee. Right, it's just a light that screams do. when someone dies. And it's Irish, of course, yeah. Uh, to get banshee out of your head, why don't we talk about the most widely accepted origin story behind the Gurdon Light? Ooh, I would love to. To tell this story, we're going to have to go all the way back to December 1931. So at the beginning when you said you had no idea when this was, but it was sometime in the modern era, you you knew it was after this point. That's why I said the 1960s to be safe. That video, as I said, is incredibly recent. I think that video started with, it was May 1972. (laughs) I was close. I was close. Not long after the rails were first set down, Old steam locomotives ferried cargo through the heart of America. Freight trains thundered along miles upon miles of steel tracks, delivering all kinds of goods across the country. Just a quick aside, if Arkansas is the heart of America, where is the ass of America? In in terms of like where the states are located? Florida, maybe? (laughs) You said it on me, (laughs) but... I don't want to insult our Florida (laughs) listeners. But it's like kind of the back end. <laughs> it's kind of the butthole. <laughs> uh, just the actual shape of the damn thing. America's caboose, I think it's often referred to as. Uh, it's swampy as all hell. It's a train term. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect, no disrespect. At this point, the only humans involved were a skeleton crew of staff. Which I admit... Is skeletons! <laughs> it's poor choice of words for a paranormal podcast. Given that we recently featured a skeleton train riding through the underground of London. Sure. By skeleton crew, I mean not a lot of people. It was a difficult, demanding, and dirty job that left every crewman exhausted at the end of the day. And this was the olden days as well. You think they had workers' rights or health and safety? Back in those days, they'd give you a bottle of whiskey and a Bible and say, Good luck, brother. Whenever you sign up for the job on your first day, they just chop off all your fingers and go, it's easier this way. You were going to lose them anyway. One of these powerless workers was named Lewis McBride. He was a lowly manual laborer who worked his fingers to the bone day in and day out. We get it. He was powerless. He was a piece of shit. At any given moment, he'd be dodging speeding trains, hammering bent railroad tracks back into shape, or lifting heavy rocks within pitch black tunnels with only a lantern to light his path. Jesus. I know we did say how horrible these working conditions were, but I also can't stress how sexy they were as well. Oh, right. Rippling abs, covered for some reason in oil, shirtless, oiled up. Hammering metal, bending plates. It was the cast of Magic Mike, and they all looked like Channing Tatum. They all had the jawline to go with the bod. After yet another seemingly endless day. I mentioned perfect teeth for some reason. Pre-dental care. Are you done? Do you have anything else to say about these men? Leather trousers. (laughs) They were powerless. They were beaten down. They were, uh, they died young, of course, but But they they were were top 10 studs. They were. After yet another seemingly endless day with his nose to the grindstone, he decided enough was enough. He plucked up the courage to strike up conversation with the foreman, Will McLean, and ask for a pay rise. Now, McLean was an intimidating character, to put it lightly, and Lewis knew he had to tread carefully. The last person who asked for a pay rise, Will did that thing in the cartoons where they shoot at your feet and make you dance. (laughs) Say, boss, I've been doing some thinking, you know. The wife's about to have another baby. Number nine, it'll be. Front door's coming off its hinges. We got a hole in the roof. None of us have shoes. 
It would really help me out if you could uh, just increase my wages a little bit. But Foreman McLean was not having it. He went from zero to furious in the blink of an eye. Pay rise? You're asking for a pay rise? The guy I caught messing around on the track while he should have been working last month? I was rescuing a baby possum. The guy I caught sleeping on the job not one week ago? I've been on duty for three straight days, sir. The guy who was late this very morning? It's a long walk with no shoes. But no matter what McBride said, McLean swatted it away like a bothersome fly. Things were getting heated, and Lewis was getting frustrated that his boss refused to even listen to him. Hey, I'm out here risking my life day after day for you! Yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before. Now get back to work before I cut your salary, you worthless wretch! Lewis had reached the end of his tether. He turned to walk away, but looked back at his cruel manager. You'll be sorry. I'll make sure of that. McLean thought his employee was all talk and didn't give his final words another thought. He had a busy railroad to run. He didn't care about stupid little Lewis McBride, but he should have. Hours later, Lewis was still stewing. The echo of the foreman's words were swimming in his brain. Worthless wretch. He was muttering to himself furiously. Piece of dirt. Idiotic numbskull. <laughs> okay, fine. Shoeless bastard. All right, let me get on with it. Let me keep going with the story, though. Lewis was uh, upset. Sorry, it's a hunky piece of garbage. Hunky? No, it's more of like the harmful, the hurtful things he said that were echoing around his head. So not hunky. You're sexy. So to stay away from my wife, Lewis. You sexy bastard. <laughs> you know that's why I'm in the office, Lewis, because I don't look like you. Because you're such a f***ing stud that keep you out in the track. You think that's what was bouncing around in his head after that conversation? Lewis said, Worthless. Worthless? I'll show him who's worth something. An incoming train signaled its arrival. It was only just coming into view. The lamp at the front was a distant glow. In a moment of madness, Lewis leapt down onto the tracks. Without people like me, this whole railway would collapse. Now he's gonna get a taste of what it would be like if old Lewis weren't here. He levered a crowbar under one of the tracks and pulled with all his might. The metal plates started to bend. There! An entire piece of the track was now twisted upwards, jutting out high above the rest of the line. The oncoming train then struck the sabotaged rail, crashing off the tracks. The crew jumped into action. If they didn't, the next train would be coming along soon and smash into this mess. McLean, the foreman, stood on the platform, looking down at the chaos. But then something caught his eye. On the opposite side of the tracks stood Lewis McBride. He wasn't hard at work with the others. He was standing there, leaning on a post, with a cigarette between his fingers, smiling. <laughs> Doing the jack-off gesture with his arm, <laughs> pointing at him. Uh, I feel like uh, if this was you, at least try and blend in. <laughs> right? At least try and be like, oh, right. oh, no, the, it's come, it hasn't come off the rails, has it? Oh, I guess that's what happens if there's not enough people getting paid enough money on the tracks. Right. He could, he could uh, prove the point 
and get the raise potentially. Yeah. You know, uh, on this podcast, we're definitely uh, pro worker, pro union, uh, anti fat cat. For sure. Uh, I can't recommend this approach of getting a raise. Yeah. If if you work in a nuclear power plant and you ask for a raise and they say, no, sorry, it's not in the budget. And you go, you're going to pay for this. <laughs> I'll make sure of that. And then you uh, short circuit the cooling system and you cause a nuclear meltdown. Yeah. Um, I think this is why unions do exist and should exist. To, yeah, argue on your behalf so you don't have to get your hands dirty. <laughs> so you don't have to say things like, you're going to pay for that. Sure. It's true. McBride screamed out, Lewis, you did this? Oh, boy, you're going to regret that. He flew at the young worker, getting ready to fight it out. The other workers had to hold them apart just to stop them from killing each other. Get out of here, Lewis. You're fired. Get out of here and never darken the door again. Lewis wasn't having it. He'd been employed there since he was a child. Fired? You son of a bitch! I'll kill you! You hear me? I'll kill you! <laughs> since he was a child? <laughs> I think at that point, even the coworkers would be like, Lewis, there's not, there's not much coming back from this, man. Sure, we could maybe have explained that you didn't really know what you were doing with the bent rail when you're screaming, I'll kill you! Right. Again, again, unions, guys. Eventually, Lewis staggered away and headed home to plot his revenge. And he got it. A few days later, he returned to the railroad with a pickaxe. <laughs> oh. And murdered McLean. Oh, okay. In a fit of rage. A man of his word, truly. Man, I am conflicted about who to support in this story. Yeah, I know, right? You go in thinking like, oh, this poor guy who's being worked to the bone. I really hope he uh... <laughs> kills his boss with a pickaxe. <laughs> of course, Lewis was convicted of murder and sentenced to death by electric chair. Oh, boy. And the reason why this story is relevant is because it wasn't long after these events that witnesses started spotting the Gurdon lights in the area. Okay, okay, I'm putting two and two together. Some people believe that the light comes from the restless soul of Will McLean, whose spirit still wanders the tracks, carrying his regulation lantern to light the way. Or, alternative theory, it's Lewis's lit cigarette as he humps the air from the ghostly realm. <laughs> I mean, that would make more sense because it would really suck if the dude who was trapped on Earth for all eternity to haunt the tracks was the guy who got <laughs> murdered, yeah. not who did the murdering. It's like, that's kind of not cool, isn't it? It stands to reason, though, in typical paranormal ghost logic that he has been wronged and he probably feels annoyed about it in the ghostly realm. And right. so maybe his soul does need to be put to rest unfinished business god is like hey lewis is obviously gonna go to hell and we want you to go to heaven even though you were a fat cat bastard uh you were fine i guess <laughs> it, just for the record definitely should have given them the raise that was a, a dick move and you would have lived so but you didn't murder anyone and that's i guess enough to get into heaven so right. um, it's kind of a jury system up here and if we can't prove with enough evidence that you were a bastard you have to get in <laughs> and will is like of course, my lord. Anything. Don't have to call me that. It's fine. Anything to make my peace on earth and join you and the rest of society in uh -huh. the heavenly clouds. All you have to do, of course, to um, truly be at peace is to apologize uh, to, um, hmm? to Lewis here. 
Uh, Lewis, can you can you just come in here for a second? I'll kill you! <laughs> I'll still kill you, even though you're an angel! You worthless wretch! <laughs> I should have cut your pay years ago. All right, get out of here! Can you two both get out of here? <laughs> Back to Earth! Back to Earth, you fuckers. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe until he he his soul can be at peace, he's stuck there. Who knows? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest, and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. But look, that story is merely one of the many theories about what this light is and why it's appearing. There are others, some a little more scientific and others even more paranormal. Whoa. Let's start with the science. One popular theory by scientists is that, sure, the railway is pretty close to a highway. Right. I don't know if I mentioned that at the start. You didn't. You refused to tell me what year it was, so you were being pretty scant with the details. Could the Gurdon lights possibly be from a car? Uh, yes. But when they tested this theory at the actual site, they realized the angles were off. The location that the lights were spotted in didn't match up with the highway. And even more damning, how could they explain the hundreds of reports of the Gurdon lights that outdated the construction of the highway by decades? Okay. You're using cars to explain something that a fucking medieval knight spotted. It doesn't work, buddy. Also, did you hear this story You're from the start? You're getting very defensive. Where, I, where it said that this light went into a graveyard and was zipping about? Sure. Look, I'm still on your side. You know, the lights is... Just okay. watch it is yeah, all yeah. I'm saying. Because you, if you poke any more holes in this story, I'll straight up smoke your ass. I will roll up your cheeks, pack it tight, and I will smoke your ass. So just I, like be I careful. Said, it's fine. I'm on your side. I just wanted to qualify it by saying it is interesting that there's a lot of light sources 
All right. Near sure. the f***ing Gurdon lights. But, sure, the angles don't add up or whatever you said. I warned you at the start. Yeah. I warned you at the start not to poke holes in the story. I, I'm not trying to I, figure it out. I didn't. You're the one who's presenting this as a scientific explanation Oh, for your case. <laughs> I just remembered why I didn't pack my vape today. Because I'm smoking your ass. Stop saying that. <laughs> You've never said... Is this a new phrase for you? You've never said this before. You've never deserved an ass smoking before. So that's what's going It sounds weird. And it sounds... Uh, weirdly sexual, so please... What is, is sexual about... It's at least too intimate. About dragon... Don't finish that sentence. Your ass. Are you done? Are you done, sir? I've just told you that it can't be explained from okay, the lights. Okay, so you, you're the one presenting the scientific explanations. Do you want to present your next scientific one, and will I just stay quiet? Because I feel like if I so much as open my mouth, you're going to say I'm poking holes in it, only for you to smoke my ass through the <laughs> hole. I will give another scientific explanation, mm -hmm. and sure, it could be that this is the cause of the Gurdon lights, but it could very much also not be the, the cause. So be careful which side you choose, because one involves an ass smoking of a lifetime. I'm going to be borderline choking on, on your ass. I don't know what that means. <laughs> another popular theory is one that we've talked about in previous episodes. Uh, I believe it was the Will-O-Wisp episode, uh, which was one of yours. It's a phenomenon where natural gas buildup in swamps essentially combusts, creating a light. Well, I don't know if that was the full explanation uh, for was the Will-O-Wisp and Onibi episodes that was of it. this paranormal life. I don't appreciate you poking holes in episodes that sure resulted in double nose, but uh, just be careful. Or I'm what? Not, I'm not saying anything. All right. I'm not saying anything. I will say Arkansas. Just hold on to your ass. Okay, is all because fine. I don't want to be too blunt, but your ass is a joint to me. Your buns are going to be f ashes soon. Arkansas can get pretty hot and swampy. That heat is probably pretty dense in the vegetation of the swamps. So, sure, it doesn't quite explain uh, a lot of the characteristics of the lights. Because I feel like this kind of weird combustion would be like a flash, almost. Not a persistent light that hovers and chases and moves with a train. At this point, I'll admit, I was kind of ready to throw in the towel for this episode. When I came across a theory in that same episode of Unsolved Mysteries that is definitely worth investigating. Okay, I'm listening. Listen to this kid as a possible explanation behind the Gurdon lights. The theory of it being swamp gas uh, doesn't hold up to me uh, just because I've seen it in, on a windy night. Uh, so that would eliminate any sort of swamp gas out there. The closest theory that I've come to for explaining the Gurdon light is the piezoelectric effect. And piezoelectricity is a simple phenomenon where if you squeeze, um, crystals such as quartz or Rochelle salt, you get an electric current out of them. Gurdon sits atop an abundant deposit of quartz crystals in an active fault line known as the New Madrid Fault. Michael Klingen believes that when the plates shift, an electric charge is released from the crystals and seen above ground as the Gurdon light. People tend to, to say that the light appeared uh, after the murder of Will McLean, and Looking back, um, that also coincides with a major earthquake on the New Madrid fault line. Rory is looking at me with uh, highly raised eyebrows as if to drive home the impact of what we just heard. Could this light 
possibly be generated by the collision of ancient quartz crystals buried deep in the ground? I've never heard of such a thing. That's very interesting. It's a really cool idea, right? I will say this is a great episode of Unsolved Mysteries uh, that really goes into some really cool theories as to what this could be, both paranormal and scientific. And I think I really liked this theory because it kind of sits in both camps in a weird way. It is a very scientific explanation where you can break it down to what the compounds are and the friction that's causing this light. But also, electricity generated by magic crystals buried in the earth. All right, I don't know if I said they were magic. It's pretty paranormal. I think you said they were what, a quartz deposit or something? Quartz crystals buried in the ground that apparently during earthquakes, they rub against each other, causing friction, which is emitted up through cracks in the earth, creating the light. I mean, it's very cool. It's a very cool explanation. Damn, these guys are having to dig hard for explanations to these goddamn lights. Yeah, once again, I will say that, um, sure, even that doesn't really explain a lot of the characteristics of the light. Well, that it traveled at 80 mile an hour and uh, traveled to a graveyard where its soul (laughs) resides to this very day. (laughs) Exactly. But when we're looking at something like this, where, you know, Basically, an entire town of people are claiming that, one, they have seen it, Mm -hmm. and two, anyone can see it if you just go down there. There are a lot of ways in which light could be seen down here, as we just said. The swamp gas, uh, the crystals. Sure, lights from a highway at certain angles. (laughs) Sure, cars with LED headlights. And some of those are a little more paranormal than others. So I guess it's up to us today to come down on a conclusion. I will say uh, on YouTube, there are a few videos where people claim that they have seen the Gurdon lights. There's even uh, a photo, I think, that was used in the episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Mm -hmm. Um, And on any forums where you hear people discussing it, there are so many people, more than I've maybe ever seen with any other paranormal case, where it's individuals claiming that they have seen the lights on multiple occasions. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not even a big deal. Like, you will see it if you go down there. So Which why is pretty aren't you cool. showing me any of the images or videos? <sighs> I, I really thought you were going to grab onto the crystal part. <laughs> so I thought maybe that explanation of the crystal was enough. You want to see the Gurdon lights? F- All right, Gurdon. Is it uh, too much to ask? To, if, you're, if you're claiming that there's dozens of images and videos of the thing. There, I've spelt it wrong, apparently. It's a U, sorry. Sorry, just... I feel um, like you're... Stalling. Can you fill, like please? You're... Can you say, can you fill uh, for a second? Gurdon, can you talk so, about the f- Patreon or something, please? How long please? could it possibly take to type in Gurdon Light? Just talk about, to plug the Patreon. You've if been you could typing plug... for like 30 seconds, man. Uh, if you could just plug the, pa- if you could do anything. I if think you could Rory's just say... in Photoshop trying to create an image from scratch. Yeah! There it is. That is that's, what they're calling the confirmed That's like the picture. cover of a book. Yeah. What am I looking at? So it is a very dark picture of a railway, and at the end of the railway is a very uh, huge, bright red glow. I can light. see; it's hard to miss. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> I there, don't know if you caught that. It's it's a very dark image, though. What do you What did you want from me? What do you want? It's a f-ing light. I'm gonna smoke your ass, Mulvena. I show me a video. Smoke your ass before you smoke these cheeks. Uh, show me a video. There aren't videos. <laughs> So for this thing that's been seen by, I think you said earlier, 7 million people. Nine. There's not one video of it. Hold on. 
Nine. <laughs> saying nine like German for no or nine for the number. <laughs> I can't find one. You put me on pressure. Why didn't you, you think you were going to have to show me a video? I'm, I'm getting stressed now. I think there was, look, Amy did include one in the research, but the quality was so poor that it was not even worth You have to know. You have to know as the person who is, uh, for uh, probably 150 episodes of this part of my life, sat in my chair, the one who has to pick this apart and come down on the conclusion. Uh, you must know that I was going to ask for a video or that you in, in the same position would ask for a video. Honestly, I thought the story would be enough to kind of charm you and then the crystal theory would really bring you home. I didn't realize you're going to want actual evidence. It's not a dinner party. I don't need to be charmed. That brings us to the end of our episode. <laughs> okay. And I, I here's what I'm, here's all I'm going to say. Here's all I'm going to say uh-huh. is I think one of the explanations behind this phenomenon could be possibly the quartz crystals being shifted about underground creating a light source. That's kind of paranormal in a way. It's not normal, is it, to rub crystals together and make magic? So just bear that in mind when you're coming down on your conclusion. I have to bear in mind that one of the possible explanations for what might be going on is that crystals are potentially rubbing together, which isn't technically paranormal, but it's kind of paranormal if you think about it. Pretty weird. It's some Harry Potter shit, isn't it? I'm pretty sure they do that in the movies. Look, this is very, very fun and cool, and you might be getting the wrong read from me. I don't have strong opinions either way. Just, we have touched on a couple other cases that have been about light sources. These are tricky because lights reflect, they dance, they uh, move around. They, If it's night, they could be reflecting off any number of things. Uh, could be reflecting off water. Um, sure. Anything that could make it look or feel as if it's zipping around or following you or traveling. When it could just be a bug, it could be a firefly. It's really hard to say. As the investigator, what do you think? Paranormal or not, Rory? You know, I think uh, this is a funny case to investigate because one, what we're looking into is essentially just a floating light. Two, the origin story is quite bizarre and dramatic. And three, the explanations are either insane or realistically quite boring. So, but I don't want that to take away from... Genuinely, at points, how close I was while researching this case, tipping towards yes. I think I think as soon as I saw that interview where they were talking about the crystals underground rubbing together and making magic, I was like, okay, sure, that could be that could be it. In my head, I had to make a decision at that point whether or not, if that was what was causing it, if I would consider that to be paranormal or not, which is kind of where I am. It's kind of where I am right now. You keep calling it magic, but to, sure. but to be clear, this is the kind of magic that is available at Disneyland. Um, <laughs> sure. Kind of the magic of it's life same, and celebration or something. It's the same kind of magic as when you uh, just rub your socks on a carpet and then zap someone <laughs> when you touch them and give them an electric shock. Uh, it's a good point, though. You know, what yesterday's magic is today's new technologies, you know, um, just because it seems strange, it feels paranormal, but... Is it, though? Is it? Yeah. Is it paranormal or is it science? And annoyingly, even though I think smashing crystals together to make the souls of the dead come back to life, I think it is science. I feel like I would be almost more on board. Uh, I I just got really thrown by the highway thing 
Uh, <laughs> there's <laughs> right. just a lot of light going on. I shouldn't have brought up the highway. The highway is not that close to the rail. But I do feel culturally sensitive towards whoever lives there and has seen this. And I don't mean to deny you of your real world experience. I know what it feels like when you see something crazy and you're like, I know what I saw. Yeah. Oh, and some of the testimonies of people, sometimes it'll be as vague as... Uh, we saw it at the end of the rail, and then mm. it disappeared slowly. Some people say it came down the rail, went through their body, <laughs> and smoked their ass. <laughs> smoked their ass like a salmon. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't insult the fine witnesses of this paranormal phenomenon. Um, look, here, I, you know what? I was kind of on the fence when I was researching this and while I was hosting it, but um, I think you were right to question the amount of evidence that we have in today's case, which is none, truly. Um, if it is so common to see, there really should be more video evidence, I would say, of this, or photographic evidence. The guy said, if you just go down any time of day, it's pretty much open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., bring snacks, bring a bud. Yeah, you should be able to like look it up on Google Maps and see like, oh, it's it's usually busy at this time, you know, between like <laughs> yeah. seven and eight. When's the peak hours of the Gurdon lights? Um, yeah, uh, Gurdon light. Unfortunately, I think this week from me is gonna be a no. I think it's a no. I feel like the f- Grinch, but um, maybe just one we have to see in person, Rory. I think so too. You know, if we ever get to do a big paranormal road trip around the U.S., uh, this would be a great stop that would hopefully guarantee some paranormal activity. I like that idea. A road trip, because we do have plans to go to the U.S. They're just pending. Uh, Yeah. A road trip where we even visit some of the yeses and noes, and we try to turn those noes into yeses. That would be a cool idea. That would be a really cool idea, because there probably are some noes that we have given out that would be worth revisiting. Definitely are. So look forward to that, listeners. Also, can we crash on your sofa? Because the budget is just there for the flights, but truly, honestly, it is not there for the hotels. All of our Arkansas listeners, we need to crash at your place. (laughs) They're like, uh, are you guys cool with sleeping on the the sofas? I'll kill you! I'll kill you! I need your bed! You sleep on the sofa! (laughs) Is that any way to treat your cult leader? (laughs) <laughs> welcome to my uh, welcome to my house. Help yourself to anything in the fridge. Unfortunately, uh, my wife just gave birth, so the spare room is is the baby's. So if you guys are okay w- with a futon, is that all right? <laughs> I'm gonna smoke your ass. I'm gonna smoke. Lay your ass down. Lay your ass down in front of me. <laughs> uh, Rory, can you smell something? <laughs> because I think I can smell a f- barbecue being lit under this motherfucker's a badonka donk. You have to leave. The baby's crying. <laughs> I'll smoke a baby's ass. Trust me. I'm calling the police. Uh, hard cut to the police pinning you against the car. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I mean, hard cut to the courtroom. A gavel. The defendant said, and I quote, I'll smoke a baby's ass. Don't test me. Don't test me. Wait, I was kidding. Not like that. Don't call the cops. Please, please. I'll spare your ass the smoking of a lifetime if you just let me go. <laughs> Son, you're lucky that Arkansas has some of the most lenient ass-smoking laws in the entire country. Dismissed. <laughs> yes! Uh, it's a double no, unfortunately. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. Uh, what a great episode. A fun one. You know, it, it's fun to do these these ones that have kind of crazy backstories where we get to bring those 
bring those origin stories to life. Uh, and hopefully we did a decent job of that today. Guys, if you missed this exciting announcement last week, we have relaunched the This Paranormal Life Patreon! Oh my god! For as little as five bucks, you can get access to This Paranormal Life ad-free, plus a monthly bonus episode. We've also got a ton of cool new rewards that are genuinely, genuinely awesome. We've got a brand new weekly show called the TPL After Party, We've got a monthly raffle where you can win actual props used in the episodes of This Paranormal Life. It's true. Like the Ouija board or the cursed doll. And finally, we have a limited edition Night of the Commune collector's coin that grants you access to the new headquarters of the Paranormal Commune when it's completed construction. Construction might not be completed in your lifetime. No guarantee admittance will be accepted. But it is a real coin that can be yours. It is actually a real coin. Look, if you're interested in any of those really cool rewards, and there's so many more that we haven't even mentioned, head on over to patreon.com and just check it out. We've been on Patreon for a few years, and we've always had a blast making bonus content, so it's so exciting to start this new chapter of making um, an entirely new weekly show amongst all this other stuff. Um, So we hope you join us over there. And even though we said that this limited edition Knight of the Commune medallion uh, grants you access to the paranormal commune when it's eventually completed many, 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 many years from now. We're talking light years from now. It's also a cool way to acknowledge other members of the commune in public, you know, flash your coin. Hello, brother. Hello, sister. Flash the coin. If you get pulled over for reckless driving or maybe you run a red light, flash the coin. Because you never know if uh, the officer of the law is actually a member of the commune, and you could say, what seems to be the problem? Officer! And you (laughs) take out your coin, and then you do some sort of secret handshake, and uh, he might probably still give you a ticket, because he still has to do his job. Might just get you a discount, yeah. But you could talk about like your favorite episodes and and stuff as well, which is cool. Much like in the John Wick movie, if uh, everything in your life goes tits up, you can redeem the coin to fake your own death and start over. (laughs) It has has many, many uses, which uh, we don't list, because where's the fun in that? That's for you to work out, bud. I want you to just like try and rent a car at an airport one day and see if they'll take the coin. I want you to try and buy a tux for your wedding and see if they'll take the coin. You you might as well try it because we're never going to tell you all the uses it has. All available on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. The link to which is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to another episode of the show. We will be back as always next Tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.